Hello, my Courageous Beauties. Welcome back to Courageous Beauty Podcast. It is Wisdom Wednesday, and I am your host, Crystal. So, let's jump right in. Today, we are going to be talking about how jealousy leads to death. It's very serious, really. And we have to be very careful to not... We have to be careful to covet our neighbors anything, right? Because God says that jealousy is as cruel as the grave. And we'll get more into that later. So, and, and the question is, why would you want to act like a dead thing? Just because someone has something you don't. Jealousy is what caused Cain to kill Abel, his brother. A lot of situations arise in our lives to make us wish that the grass was greener on the other side. Meaning that people are looking into a situation dimly without really knowing the truth about how a person is or where they are. Now, remember, when I said that facts don't always align to God's purpose and plan for our lives, but the truth of God's word is what we need to stand on. And the re- reason why I said that is because <clears throat> you may see a situation and someone appears to be, you know, having a good house and, I mean, you know, a new house, a new car or whatever. Those are facts, but that doesn't necessarily they are aligning with God's truth. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're walking in God's will, right? And so that's why we have to stand on the word of God for our own lives. So we're not looking at someone else that's trying to make it seem as though their life is better than ours. When God may have called us to a place and a season for us to not necessarily get those things that we pray for right away because he's trying to build character into us. He's trying to build faith into us. He's trying to show us that he is the source. You know what I'm saying? He is the source that provides all the resources that we have, right? And, and, and like I say, that is true about the seasons of our life as we can find ourselves and that is, you know, we can find ourselves in that, you know, looking at, looking outward instead of looking inward, right? Instead of looking up and society paints this somewhat vivid picture of possibilities that may seem contrary to what God has to offer you. And We have movies, we have music, we have TV shows that romanticize perfect picture picture perfect lives. And if we're not careful, we too can fall in the traps to covet something that is fiction. Fiction, by definition, is a belief or statement that is false, but that is often held to be true because it, it is expedient to do so. So in other words, you read all these fantasy stories and you know, people, they're having a perfect life and perfect marriage and nothing ever goes wrong and perfect relationships and perfect job. Like, come on, there's nothing perfect but God, right? <clears throat> now, he said everything he created is good and very good, but that doesn't mean that mankind won't pervert it, right? So take social media, for example. We talked about this before. Social media can be an outlet where Satan can actually use it as a vice since anything over the airways is free game, Right? He has the power over the airways. So, and that's where, that's where we as God's children can come in at, and we can have, and, and, and we have to learn how to build a spiritual filtration system in and around our lives, right? In general, so that we are not subject to fall into jealousy, you know, subject to fall into envy and strife and, you know, looking at someone else, what they have and wishing we had it and we're not even maintaining what we got. You know, so there's levels to this life. There's things that go on in other people's lives that we have no idea. And the thing is, God has no respect or person. Right. He doesn't he doesn't, you know, favor. He favors people. But 
he has no respect of persons. He's not choosing one person over the other in, in the sense of you're better than someone. He may choose a person over the other because he put something in them that he didn't put in this person. Not that one is better than the other, but he knows what he puts in us, right? <clears throat> and he also knows the plans that, that he has for us, you know, plans to not harm us, plans to, to, to bless us and have an expected end. So, like I say, God has no respect of person. He'll make it rain on the just and the unjust. And sometimes rains come in the form of washing away the bad so the good can grow. But then the rain can also uncover deep, dark, dirty secrets if we're not careful. We feel like social media posts, some people, you know, feel like social media posts really show the true nature of someone's life. But truthfully, that might be the person's only outlet from a hell that they face every day. They may not even have come to terms with the L, what you know what situations ail them, so they create this persona to create an atmosphere that shows that they're loved and safe and without harm. Then you see their post, and because you let down your spiritual filtration guards, you are vulnerably and aimlessly scrolling and find their posts, and the enemy seems to elevate in your ears what they are pretending to have, but probably are worse off than you, and it blinds your discernment. And, and now you're, you've coveted a lifestyle this person doesn't really have. And you're making, a, you're making permanent decisions and life choices over temporary things and circumstances and fictional characters acting out life on their own terms. When God called you out of your mess and because you're having a bad moment and a time, you want to throw it all away because someone has a nice house or a nice car before you. Like, come on, really? Is that what this life is? But because you don't have it, you, you don't have it either. Now you slip and lost focus on God's plan. And now you fall into jealousy. You fall into envy and self-pity. Oh, I should be driving that nice car. I should be rich like them. I want this and I want their life. Whoa. Do you really have any idea if what you see is even that person's life? You have no idea what it, is, what it even took for them to get to where they are. Just like God. And then all of this applies to you. Some people looking at you and you have haters because they're looking at you because God has blessed you to prosper in areas. And people are looking at you and they have no idea what it took to be you. They don't even know the cost that it took to walk in your shoes. So don't think that I'm just talking about you being jealous. But there's people out there that are jealous of you. They want what you have because they have no idea what it took to get where you are. Right? So just like God is blessing blessing you or blessing that person, it, it goes both ways, right? You know, so if you're a person that's looking at someone else's situations, God is blessing you just like they blessing them. It just may not look the same. You know, sometimes you may not need a new car. You might need some peace. You might need some healing in your body. You might need some clarity, some stability, you know, to get out of complacency. You may need those things. Those are blessings as well. Those are gifts from God. Because this life is not promised to anyone. God never promises that, that that trials and tribulations wouldn't arise. And in fact, he told us that trouble will come. Weapons will form. But they won't prosper as long as you're following after him. Right? Now, that person that's getting blessed and you might be looking at them. Or let's just say that person's looking at you and you're getting blessed. They have no idea whether or not. It, or you may not know that they just might be at a place or you might be at a place that God could get them to pray 
and 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 put favor on their life because now he's seeing some progress with them or putting favor on your life because he's seeing some progress with you but yet oftentimes people get mad that others are living a blessed life and alternatively they could be a messenger of satan and you sitting up here wanting to worship what they got and really it was sent as a a a, a distraction in the form of light that looks like light to to get you to 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 move away from God, to get you to move away from his his path. That's why I said they could be they could be a messenger of Satan. And we talked about this. This is one of another podcast that you can go back and listen to. But they could be sent to distract you because Satan knows if you see a little glitter here or you see a little something something here, you're gonna turn your back on God just to get God's stuff. But if you are obedient and, op and obedient and patient, God will give you the desires of your heart, right? He said, if a man's ways please me, I will give you the desires of your, your heart. But since we live in a microwave, got to have it now, I want it processed society, you settle for what Satan himself can give you. Now think about it. Just because Jesus didn't bow to Satan doesn't mean he couldn't bless, he couldn't bless you. Doesn't mean that if some type of way Jesus fell and, and worship Satan and that'll never happen he would have given him all the kingdoms of the world who's to say he would have even kept his promise because he's not truthful you know so the blessing is that Jesus didn't fail and he wouldn't fail so he could be a demonstration to us that we don't have to choose that way not that we won't fail because he knows that we're not perfect but through his power we can do all things through Christ that strengthens him right he knew that he wasn't going to commit any sin, right? And so he is a, Jesus is the barometer. He is the standard. He is the goal that we need to face and, and, and you know, set our mark on, right, on what we need to, to reflect. But Jesus didn't bow to Satan, right, which is a blessing because there was nothing in, in, in Jesus that desired anything that Satan had. And that's the place we need to get to, you know. We really need to get that. Because the thing of it is, don't think Satan can't give you blessings. And really, you think it's, you think it's something good, but it's a counterfeit. It's the worst kind of blessing you could possibly get from Satan because really it's a curse. It's a counterfeit because you didn't wait on God. And so, you, so if you're finding your blessings are coming really quickly and then they're slipping through your hands, reevaluate, was that even a blessing to begin with? Reevaluate what you, if you're taking care of what you already have. And God's like, you know, at some point, I'm going to leave y'all to your own devices. Because he ain't going to keep playing around with us, y'all. You know, we got to get our attitudes together. We got to get our walk together. You know, so now people are out here making bad decisions, getting into debt, trying to look like something, someone else. Or, some, you know, look like something or someone else that you're not. And you're walking out and, and now are the walking dead. Because they're alive spiritually, but alive physically, but dead spiritually. Because those that walk in jealousy have adapted a dangerous, fictitious life that doesn't belong to them. Right? It doesn't belong to you or the person or the people you want to portray. So just stop. Take a moment. Covetousness leads to bitterness, strife, envy, and jealousy. And jealousy leads to death. And if you ever read Genesis 4, 
the story is proven there where Cain and Abel, God honored Abel's offering because it came from a sincere and honest place. And it was the firstlings and the fatted calf. It was the best parts of, a, of an offering that he could ever offer to God, right? He, he, it was a part of his worship. And he get and Abel gave it to God and Cain basically just offered God the fruit of the field. It wasn't even the first. So it was like, it was just like, here, God, I'm going to just give you whatever I got. And it wasn't pleasing to God because it wasn't from his heart. He was just going through the motions. And so if you want the full story, definitely read chapter four in Genesis for Cain and Abel. But the problem is man look on the outward. Jealousy even starts with just even looking at something right in first Samuel 16 7 it says but the Lord said unto Samuel he was he was coming to Jesse to to anoint one of his his children one of his sons to be the king right and so it says here but the Lord said unto Samuel look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature so don't look on how handsome he looks or how tall he is or how built he is. Don't look on the outward. And it says, because I have refused him for the Lord seeth not as man seeth for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Right. And so Jesse's all his sons, except for David, were all built and handsome. But David was scrawny and, you know, he was a shepherd boy, but he was the one that God chose because he had a heart of worship. Get a heart to serve God. And so that's the thing we have to look at. You busy looking at someone's new Gucci and Birkin bag and all of that. But are you looking at their heart? You can tell the spirit by, by the fruit someone bears. It's not saying that God's not going to bless you with finances where you can go purchase your Birkin bag. Okay, if that's what you really want. But ask, ask yourself, are you walking by God's will? That's what's most importantly. Do you have people around you? Are you looking up to people? Because it's not anything wrong to look up to people for inspiration as long as they're also looking up to God for where they get their inspiration, you know? And so that's why we can't just look at someone on the outside. We have to look at the intent of their heart, right? And God knew the brothers' hearts. He knew, he knew Abel and Cain's hearts. He even knew Jesse's son's hearts. But in regards... Abel and his and his sacrifice and his, and what he gave, he knew God knew the hearts of the brothers. Their heart for worshiping God was expressed through their offering. So, like some of us, we're just scrolling through life with our hands out, but never having anything in our hands and in our hearts to give. Mad at the world or mad at God because your life is out of sorts. The thing is, is you have the power within you to make changes. Why? Because if you are alive today, no matter your faith walk, God has given you a measure of grace to make a change. So use it. Use it for him and he will bless you. He will restore you the years that the canker worm, the palmer worm and the locusts have consumed. But we have to check our love, our worship, and our offering unto God. Not worshiping, loving, and offering of ourselves to people, places, and things, and our ideas that don't align with God's truth and plan for our lives. Ask yourself, are we giving him the first fruits of our harvest? What is our harvest? Since God's blessings are new every morning, one, one, one part of your harvest means whenever, if you wake up, does God get your first words? Does God get a thank you, Jesus, from your first awake breath? Does God get worship? Will he catch you praying half sleep with crust in your eyes and drool on your lips? Will he catch you skip past TikTok, Facebook, social media, 
uh, other platforms like Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. To Will he watch you skip past all of those to click on your Bible app? Or check your email to see what scripture of the day is if you signed up for any type of scriptures of the day? Or are you going to offer complaints when you wake up, scrolling on social media, texting Bay? What are we offering? What are we really doing with our life that's really showing God that he didn't create us in vain? So unfortunately, even though God honored Abel's offering, it was unto death for Abel because his brother was so hot with jealous rage with his brother for just doing a good thing. Instead of going to God, repenting and going to his brother and asking for guidance, if he didn't know how to give a good offering or what he should do, he should have asked. Right. Instead, he leads his brother into the field and kills him. And he lies to God because God asked Abel, I mean, asked Cain, he said, where's your brother? And Cain was real smart with God saying, well, where am I my brother's keeper? I don't know. And God told him, he said, your, your brother's blood is cried out from the ground. So ask yourself, what's crying out for God for you? What is crying out to God for you? Is it your life? Is it your spirit? Is it gratefulness or covetedness that can lead to jealousy, envy, strife, rage, bitterness, resentfulness? In Genesis 4 and 7, the Lord, he spoke to Cain. He said after after they gave their offerings, right, and after... You know, God honored Abel's offering and didn't honor Cain's offering. Cain was upset. He said, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? And this is before he killed his brother. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Unfortunately, Abel, you know, he died. Cain didn't master his sin. Cain was the first human born. Because his parents were Adam and Eve, if you, if you didn't know. So Cain was the first human being born from the womb of a woman and the first murderer of his own brother because he was jealous. You see how severe jealousy can get? It's very severe. And in Songs of Solomon 8, 6, says, set me as a seal unto thee, unto thy heart, as a seal unto thy arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which have a most vehement flame. So in other words, jealousy is a fierce, flaming grave. Don't dig that grave. Don't dig that pit. Get out of it. Get out of your own head. Get out of your own, you know, ego. What you think that you should have by now. Get out of the spirit of entitlement. God don't owe you nothing. The sin, the, 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 the wages of sin is death. If you're a sinner and you ain't saved and accepted Jesus as your savior so you can take on grace, you don't, God doesn't deserve, he doesn't owe you anything but death. So the, the fact that you're still alive is the grace and mercy God has bestowed on you. So it will behoove you to turn, turn around and turn over a new leaf and realize that this world don't owe you anything and God don't either. If anything, you owe him your life right he created you he's your creator he is your heavenly father and he loves you but he ain't gonna keep messing around with folk with a bad attitudes and jealousy and you know all of these things like that things that can easily be avoided you know now second corinthians in the amplified uh chapter 10 and 12 says we do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with some 
who supply testimonies to commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom and behave like fools. Now, this was a time back when Jesus' disciples was coming up and some people were letting them know, you know, like, listen, we're not perfect. And we are, we're, even though we may be looked at as highly esteemed, we may preach the word or whatever, but we would lack wisdom if we try to compare ourselves to one another, right? In other words, we all have been given a job to do on this earth. So, so however God, God has graced you to do what you need to do, you should not compare you shouldn't even be compared to even someone doing the same thing you're doing, right? Because God created us all different than one another. We fit jointly together, but we're still individuals, right? As we are his reflection, not each other's reflection in the sense that we should be reflecting him to each other. But, and you can reflect others in, in love and attributes, especially if they're your family. But we are made after God's image and his likeness. We are his reflection, right? Our fingerprint is even different, even from our parents. Even if he was a twin, it'd be different. So how dare we look to others and lay hold to judge even ourselves for being different or not having something what someone else has? Oh, this person is, 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 is you know, very skinny and I'm overweight. Okay, well, guess what? You can work at it. But that doesn't mean you look down at this person because they were born the way they were born. Some people can't help what their genetics are. You know, you might have to work a little harder at it. That's, it just is what it is. But that doesn't mean that that person is better than you. It doesn't mean that you're better than them, right? So, I mean, who are, who are we to lay, lay, lay hold and judge even ourselves for being different or not having what someone else has or doesn't have and and even what they have to deal with or even have such rage that someone just wants to have what you have anything and everything anyone has was given to them by god in the sense that we didn't obtain our blessings on our own even if you did the hard labor god gave you yet the grace to do what you could do so be careful to be careful not to fall into a spirit of ungratefulness and throwing your life's decisions in God's face like he made a mistake creating you. We are in times where evil is more present and not hiding in darkness anymore. In fact, evilness is so bold, it's bearing false light as a distraction to try to get you away from God. More and more, the world is fulfilling Matthew 24 and 12 through 14. And it says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of, man, of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And his gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. That's the end goal before Jesus comes back is for the kingdom of God to be preached around the world for the hope that sinners will be converted to Christ. So when he returns, we will reign with him. But just as much as evil in the world is rising because of the cold, loveless hearts of mankind, that's how much more God's word will spread. So instead of wishing we had what others had, let's focus on what God has for us. Let's just focus on him and see what he wants us to do. Because we are to be his instruments of praise and not being tricked and bamboozled into being a messenger of Satan. The definition of jealousy in the Collins English Dictionary says it is the feeling of anger and bitterness which someone has when they wish they could have the qualities and possessions and or possessions that another person has 
Covetousness is having a craving for possession or to covet of power. Covetousness is also an insatiable desire for worldly gain. Covetousness is an insatiable desire to find fulfillment, meaning, and purpose in things instead of God. The spirit of covetousness it leads to and is the many of is a mother of many many other sins, like coveting another man's wife, leads to adultery, or wife vice versa. So, and that's in Second Sam, Samuel eleven four and five. There's there's a situation where David, King David, he he coveted, uh, I believe it was Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. She was taking a bath, and he sent the men off to war and literally sent them to war so he can get killed in order to take his wife and then he laid with her and she gets pregnant and uh, and unfortunately their child dies as a result of their sin i'm, I'm telling you it's a serious thing it, it can get so deep it can get so in a, you know so so costly you know and mark 8 34 and 38 says and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Right. So in other words, God is saying, look, we need to die daily to what we think and what we want and what we believe unless it aligns with God's word and follow him, follow his word for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. So if you're trying to save your life and live like the world does, you're going to lose it anyway. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. So in other words, you'll have eternal life if you just give up the things this world wants to offer. Because these things in this world is temporary anyway. Because in verse 36, it says in um, Mark 8. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? You get the you get all the riches. You get all the, the, if you're a man, you get all the women. If you're a woman, you get all the men. You have all the children. You have all the houses and the gold and the silver and the jewels. And then you die. And then what? What did it profit you to have all of that without any substance, without any peace, without any spirit of love, without anyone to share it with, without any glory going to God for the things and the possessions that he has given you? Because trust and believe God wants you to have those things. But in the right spirit, in the right heart. Right. He wants you to. He said he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. So God's not saying he don't want you to be blessed and have things, but he wants to be more important than those things. Right. And he wants you to follow his precepts and his law and walk in love to one another. Right. And it says, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So are you going to sell your soul for 30 pieces of silver like Judas did when he betrayed Jesus? Now, some people are meant to be a part of the plan, unfortunately, because they didn't have it in them. He probably had an opportunity to change his mind before when he first had the thought. But Jesus, you know, him dying on the cross had to be fulfilled. So someone had to call him out because he looked just like them. Even though he was God in man, he looked at just like them. And the beauty about that is so that we can know that we have a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He's not so far away that we can't touch him or that he doesn't know what we go through as human beings. Right. So and it says, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words and this adulterous and sinful generation of him 
also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels so listen don't be ashamed of the gospel of christ don't be ashamed of the things of God, even if you have to stand alone in a sense of maybe your family, your friends don't want nothing to do with you because they call you holier than thou or Bible thumping or whatever. Obviously, you want to make sure you're not being self-righteous, but, you know, you don't have to explain your walk with people. They just have to get their own because we're all responsible for our own soul salvation. Doesn't mean we're not our brother's keeper because we are. Those that are strong in the Lord must uplift those that are weak. Uphold your brother and your sister. Sometimes you got to hold people up. That's what Joshua and Aaron did with Moses when he was one, his arms were getting tired. If his arms went down, they would lose the battle. But if they kept Moses' arms up, he would win the battle. Literally prayed, Joshua prayed and stopped the sun so they could win the battle. So sometimes in a battle, in a struggle, you have to hold each other's arms up. Someone struggling with jealousy, envy, pray for them. Don't judge them because you could be struggling with that too. That's the one thing we got to do. We all on an even playing field. There's no one that is not t uh, exempt from these feelings. Right? No one is exempt from these feelings. I've been jealous of someone before. Let's just keep it real. But I had to repent and change my course. Because there's nothing that God can't do for me. So why would I want what someone else has? That's used goods anyway. They already got it. I don't want what someone else has. I want what's for me. What is for me is for me. And God said I can do, he, he said he can do exceedingly and abundantly above what I can ask, think, or imagine. So why would I want to subject myself to something that belongs to someone else? Which is their exceedingly abundantly, what they could ask or think. Why would I want to, to, to take part in what someone else is doing? I have no idea what it costs them to get where they are. You know? 1 Timothy 6 6 through 12 says, but good, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So in other words, be, be, be loving and be content with what you have. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. When you leave this earth, there is nothing in your possessions you can take with you. Nothing. And back in days, you know, some days people, they were, you know, buried with their jewelry. And I mean, what, what was the point of that? Give it to somebody else. And you can't use it in eternity can't do it it's not happening and having food and remnant let it be there there with content but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and, and prediction so the thing of it is, is it's not wrong to be rich but if you are you could be subject to more temptation because you have access to more people more things more power right but the problem, though, verse 10 says, for the love of money is the root of all evilness. Money's not evil. Money answers all things. But the love of money is the root of all evil because it will make things really bad. Because it says, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That is, that's bad, y'all. That ain't good at all. You're going to let a piece of paper rule your life? Think about that. A piece of paper with some ink on it. You're going to let it rule your life and steal your soul. What profit a man has to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What profit has a man to gain a whole bunch of money and you sell your soul? And err from the faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. In the world, they say more money, more problems, right? That's what the world says, but it's true. It can create more problems if you're not careful. 
It doesn't have to because God also says the blessings of the Lord make you rich and addeth no sorrow to you. So the thing about that is we can choose to believe what the world says or I can believe what God says. I can be wealthy in my spirit, in my health and in wealth and still walk, live a balanced life. Right. Worthy of the vocation that God has called me to. And it says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, peace, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on, on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hath professed a good profession before many witnesses. So I tell you, jealousy leads to death. It led to a, a natural death, physical death for Abel, even though he didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't the one that was jealous. Cain, his brother, his blood brother, was jealous of him and killed him. But you can choose life today if that's what you shall choose. You can choose life. God has given you an opportunity to choose an option to say, you know what? Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not promised. I have today. The power in, the, in, in, in today, in the now. And I'm going to live it for you, Lord. I'm going to put blinders on, spiritual filtrations on whenever I'm going out into the world in the sense of not allowing it to penetrate my spirit and to manipulate me to thinking I'm not worth what God has created me to be, right? He said to be fruitful, multiply the earth, replenish it, subdue it and have power, have dominion over things. He never told us to have dominion over people, right? So let's keep that. I hope that you guys got some nuggets today. And uh, if this is your area, just work on it. You know, no judgment here. I had to work on it, you know. And so, uh, yeah, it is officially Wisdom Wednesday. I hope you guys enjoy and thank you for tuning in. God bless you until next time. Bye.